Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. Boom! What is going on? What is going on, Rob? What is going on, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm creeping a reel. And true to brand, we're a little late, but that's okay. Hey. <laughs> Today was just like a, a, just a shit show, the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's been a it's been a day. So to preface, <laughs> I was just in Raleigh, which is your neck of the woods, mm-hmm. um, picking up rats. And uh, thank God there's dry ice in the cooler, so I was able to just rush right into the house and make this happen. Uh, but after sitting in a little bit of traffic, it made me delayed to get there, which then made uh, everything else get delayed. So I rushed out of there. Um, and got here just in time. So that's what I got. Bump that's what I got. Bum. Uh, people are saying there's static in my mic. Oh, yeah, no. on, on your mic. Oh, no. Let's see. Is this, is this maybe better? Nope. Still crackly. Oh, no. Okay. I'm going to try to figure this one out. Oh, you want me to just run with it for a little bit? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't care. So uh, we're this is our first episode back from Daytona, and then Jeremy had uh, Animal Con last weekend. I didn't go to Animal Con. Um, I don't know. I just wouldn't have felt right going there, and then just scheduling and everything. I really wanted to do Daytona, so I, I picked Daytona over Animal Con, and I saw a bunch of people from Animal Con at Daytona, so it was pretty fun. But uh, I've been back now for a week doing a little bit of herping um, for my job. I'm outside all the time. So I got to see a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, the other day I helped see the little copperhead. So that, that's pretty sweet. And it's a little tiny one with a bright green tail. So I was super pumped about that. I'm just trying to see. Hold on. My mic is is over here a little bit. So I don't know. This mic's pretty good, though. So I'm hoping that it picks up everything. And then I got a new setup. I'm hopefully going to be using this area right here for doing the podcast going forward. Where are you at? Where are you at? Ooh. All right. Let's see. Is this better? Perfect. Hey, awesome. thank God. <laughs> Damn, Jay Muller with the super chat. We appreciate you. Hey, Jay Muller in the house. Throwing it Missed down. You. Over at Animal Con. Uh, okay, man. Sheesh. <laughs> There's, sorry, there's a lot going on. Mike, I know I have a ring light that I ordered that was supposed to already be here, but it got delayed. That is apparently the whole uh, theme of my life right now is delay and delay and delay. (laughs) Oh, man. But yes. Okay. Now we're alive. (laughs) I'm very tense right now. Jesus. Um, Yeah. Hi, Rob. (laughs) <laughs> what's up you got stuff hatching out all over the f- 
freaking place and yeah man, your so, hidden gene clown combo yeah man so i hit the uh hidden gene woma and she black pastel clown and i'm thrilled it was the last chance i had four chances to hit it this year and of course i missed it all the way through until the last one Mm. Um, but I'm super stoked. And I think the other one is Hidden Giwama Black Pastel Clown. I think Enchi would have uh would have made it more reduced than yeah. what it is. Um but I don't know. So I'm just taking it for for what it is. Uh but I'm in love with this uh with this combo. So um yeah i'm loving it and it's a female so it's staying right here uh yeah. so we get to watch it grow and develop um oh people are saying the static is back yeah it's back uh, i'm gonna throw a temper tantrum <laughs> hang on come on now oof Sounds like you're speaking into a megaphone. Yeah, I know. Okay, actually, that, that doesn't sound that bad. That doesn't sound that bad? Yeah. Okay, great. We're we're doing a stripped-down version because now I can't hear anything. I'm going to, like, lose my mind. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I guess it's going to be really true. We're going to pull the NPR, don't listen to the first 100 episodes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, no, we don't. You know what? If you guys want to super chat me money, super chat me like $2,000 so I can buy a new laptop. Because that's what this is all about. <laughs> just, just get something that's not an iPad. You'll be, it's way less expensive. Dude, but I, I, I need this for music. <laughs> Boo. Boo. <laughs> anywho anywho uh but yeah so that was my last ball python uh, clutch of the season um so i'm done hatching stuff out now it's just feeding everything getting stuff ready to, to go um i hatched out um enchi inferno uh what was it enchi inferno odium fader 100% het hypo female um so i'm pretty pretty happy with that she's gonna stay here too um yeah for some cool hypo combos so some cool stuff is going on mm -hmm. um how are your babies doing uh the baby blood pythons that i hatched out um are evil but that means that they all eat frozen thawed first try no you put it in front of their face and they eat it so that's yeah. gonna be going up uh, i gotta find a week a night this week or or next week to photograph stuff and start putting them on morph market because they've all taken three or four meals now and they're slamming it and there's some killer really nice striped bloods in there and both the parents are nice and red and everything so uh, I'm sure people will want them. Uh, I, I think I'm only going to hold back a pair from that clutch uh, just because blood pythons aren't super duper my thing. I, I like the Borneos more. My Borneo clutch has been giving me nothing but problems. Like they are all being picky. I only have like two or three <laughs> that are eating. So like, it's just been a pain in the butt, Heck but yeah. 
the blood pythons are doing great. The cart pythons are doing awesome. I got to photograph a couple more of those and put them up on Morph Market. Um, the ones that I'm holding back, holy crap, man. They're just <laughs> incredible. They're so cool. And then I got to upgrade a couple things from last season and all that sort of stuff. Damn, a whole bunch of uh, super chats. Yeah, we, we're getting the laptop fun started. <laughs> you guys are amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Jeez, Maybe Christina. before Christmas. <laughs> we appreciate you. And yeah, Natalie's you. reptile. And you see that uh, Mike's monitor said he just got some anthill pythons. I did just see that pretensis. Heck yes. Bro, I, I don't really like Antaracia all that much, but I love anthills. I don't know what it is. I just anthills are cool. cool. So I, I that's that's a cool that's a cool way for me to segue into talking about Animal Con a little bit. Uh, because I was talking with uh, Peter Peter Birch uh, from Australia. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, he he breeds he breeds mostly children's pythons, uh, but he's got some ant hills and and um, spotteds and and all that other stuff. And man, if we could only have yeah, the, some of those spotted morphs that they got over there, the calico yeah. stuff and the even, even even the children eye, man, holy crap. Like just some amazing, amazing animals. So it's really cool to pick his brain a little bit on on Antaracia, and um, he produces more Antaracia than anybody else in Australia. Wow, which is crazy. I think he said he's got like eight hundred adults. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> well, well, wait, 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 wait. I, I, that's a lot, but. Antaracia replaced ball pythons in Australia. So there's lots of people who have 800 ball python collections. So like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Equivalent. It's equivalent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So for those who don't know in Australia, you can only keep native species and it also depends on the state that you're in as Mm -hmm. well uh, for what you can and can't keep of those native species. Um, Oh man, Haley, Haley (laughs) with the, (laughs) <laughs> with the laptop fun. We're going to inch it all the way there, man. I appreciate you guys so much. <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so that was really cool. He was one of the one of the few people that I was, like, really geeked out to meet. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many, so many guys in Australia that are just keeping – obviously, I love carpets, so I'm always geeked about that. But um, they've got some of the coolest snakes – just some of the coolest reptiles. So I just love talking with keepers from Australia because they're like, yeah, we can only keep the local stuff. And we're like, we want more of your local. Yeah, <laughs> like, I would like some death adders. And <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Um, Place monitors. Right. <laughs> right. So it was, it was dope to talk with Peter. Um, it was cool to meet Dingo. Um, he definitely has a larger than life personality. Like, oh my gosh, you can't help but be brought in by whenever he speaks. It, I was like, holy crap, there's a there's a reason why you're very good at what you do. So that was that was awesome. Um, it was just it was awesome to meet so many people. Bionic Benny was in the house. It was great to meet Benny. Shout out to you, man. All the support and everything. It was finally great to meet you in person. Jay Muller with with the laptop fund edition. You guys are crushing it. <laughs> Maybe by Christmas. 
Um, but yeah, that was cool. Um, there was just a lot. There was a lot of people there. I think uh, the other person I was excited to meet and speak with was uh, Mike Holston, the real Tarzan, um, specifically because of all the traveling that he's been doing. Um, he was just in Borneo, so I was really excited to him to talk with him about the, the travels to Borneo. Um, man, they've got some cool snakes in Borneo. <laughs> yeah, they do. Like, yeah, they do. Private, the private collectors there. He, I was geeked out by he showed me this photo of like a decent sized Borneo short tail, like nothing too special, but like a, a, a wild Borneo short tail. And I was like, man, you know, that's that's a neat looking Borneo. He's like, yeah, they fed it to a king cobra. And I was like, I was like, oh, I mean, food, you know, would be. But I was like, also, that Borneo is probably 30 plus inches. Yeah, that's a big not, thing. Yeah, it was not a small Borneo. And it was fed to like a 15, 16 foot king. Damn. Like, holy crap. <laughs> Uh, Nicole is in the house. What's up? Um, but yeah, so it was, it was just, it was really interesting getting to speak with him about all of his travels. Um, and just seeing some of the stuff that he's been seeing, talking with the locals in those areas, you know, it was crazy. Cause he was like, you know, you can talk to a biologist that goes out there and, and whatever. And they, you know, they'll show you some stuff. They'll educate you on some stuff. He's like, if you really want to know what's out there, you go find the locals, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you just go find the locals. So there was so he had so much information about that stuff. I was, I was very impressed. Like he was definitely soaking it in. And I think he said next he's going to be going to India. Um, so I mean, man, he's traveling the world, man. And like I said, like I was saying to you before, he's just got such a super unique perspective getting to see all that stuff that most of us, the vast majority of us can only hope, you know, to ever get to experience. Um, so that was super cool. Um, it's always good to see Brian. Yeah. Marchek and Potter. It was great to see both of them. Um, yeah, just so many, so many amazing people. Um, it was a cool event from the standpoint of like, it was kind of, part expo, part, uh, you know, panel discussions. Obviously, there were the meet and greets and everything like that. So it was like part expo, part Comic-Con, you know, kind of vibe. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was something very unique. And, and obviously, there's a lot of bugs that had to get worked out, you know, but uh, there's so much positivity in the room. It was amazing. And I already know that they're uh, looking on to next year and expanding mm. it for next year um, because that's, that's how well it went this year. And Rob, you need to go because the amount of people that asked me where you were, why you weren't there, like <laughs> Will Nace was there. I didn't get to hang out with Will all that much, but uh, it was good to see you, bud. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I wanted to take off more time for Daytona and then uh, for Tinley. And so since I started my new job in January, I was like, I probably won't, will be pushing it if I take two weeks off, you know, for Animal Con and for Daytona. So I was like, I'd rather just take a little bit longer for Daytona. 
maybe next year. I don't know. I, I don't know. That, <laughs> I, I feel like that's not my scene. I feel like I'd just be standing there and just be like, hey, I saw all these people last weekend at Daytona. So. <laughs> <laughs> There, I mean, there were definitely some folks that were there at Daytona, but I'll, I'll tell you, there, there were probably more folks that weren't. Uh, okay. As far as like the the creators, content creators, and like breeders and and stuff like there that that were there, most of them were were not at Daytona. Uh, it was it was a different crowd. There were definitely a few like Adeline was there, um, you know. So definitely some of the folks we saw at Daytona were there, but uh, it was a different crowd. It was also just it was also just a different vibe. Because it, it, it wasn't an expo. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was way more focused on the, the panels and keynote speakers and, and stuff like that. And then the meet and greets. It was basically like the hang element of a reptile show minus mm-hmm. the reptile show, if that makes more sense. Mm, it sounds like a Comic-Con where it's got like a little bit of like buy, sell, tradey kind of stuff. But it's mostly like come see the person that you like and... Go listen to the yeah. panel about the people talking about behind the scenes on this uh, comic or this thing or whatever. Yeah, I mean, pr- pretty much, pretty much, which is a different vibe because I think, at least for the reptile folks, I think a lot of them expected an expo because that's all we ever do are reptile expos. So this was definitely a different, uh, a different vibe, but it was cool. It was also, <laughs> it was fun to see Kevin in a social element. <laughs> <laughs> for, for an entire weekend yeah that was a 100 percent social thing like there was no anything else you know but uh you know the, then the after parties were just more of the hangs for the the creators and the vips um i'm super happy that uh he got to go to gatorland though and i'm bummed that i missed that that part i'm very bummed that i mean i went to gatorland last week and i had a great time but it looked like you guys got to do a whole lot of fun stuff while you were there yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, you know, so they had the park kind of cordoned off, so we could, we couldn't go to the whole park, but you know, because there's just way too many people. But um, Savannah, shout out to you, Savannah, because you're just amazing and, and wonderful. It was great to see her again. Um, she brought Kevin and Donnie and I past some of the barricades so that he could see the Cuban Crocs mm. and uh, and like all the other like wonderful things. Oh my gosh. Scott Crow. <laughs> Whoa, what the heck? Hi, Scott. <laughs> wow, that's a blast from the past. Yeah. For all the people who are watching right now, Scott Crow worked at a reptile shop when I was a kid. Yeah. Now he owns an exotic fish store, uh, or I think it's a couple stores now uh, in Rhode Island. So Ocean State Aquatics, you should check him out. I, he's Thank not you. sponsoring us, but uh you should come out if you're in new england he's awesome and he man i remember back in the day he had a picture with a like a big skull of pendra on his arm and he's like holding up like this and i was like no (laughs) no no bro yeah oh um but yeah so i mean it was it was it was a cool event he was so kev was geeking out uh yeah yeah geeking out with the leucistic alligators and the Cuban Crocs and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, so that was, uh, that was cool to see. And then Donnie, uh, improperly booked their flights. So they got stuck in Florida for an extra day. Yeah. Uh, but, but they made the best of it, went to Ty Park's place and, uh, and they had a blast at Iguana land. Um, so that was, that was great. <clears throat> 
um, I'm happy for him. But yeah, it was it was a cool vibe. I think uh, I definitely think you should go and check it out. So I, I will consider it for next year. Um, yeah. It's it was just not in the cards for this year, but maybe. Yeah, no, I do. To- I totally get it, man. I totally get it. But it was fun. See what I would want to do doing it doing it again, especially if it falls on the the weekend after Daytona, which I'm not sure if it's going to do that again. But it would be like I'm just going to take two weeks off, <clears throat> do Daytona. I won't leave so early for Daytona. Like I'll get there for the weekend for Daytona. Yeah, that week uh, in Florida and just hit people's places and hang. Yeah, do Animal Con and then spend a couple extra days in Florida and then dip out after that. I think that would be the move if it's scheduled the same. Yeah, but. I uh, I had a good time at Daytona, but I I feel like I don't know. I was trying to cram so much in there that like I don't know. I I took six days and I still was like, man, I wish I could take a couple more days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get that, man. I definitely get that. <clears throat> so yeah, but now Daytona, Daytona was a blast. Daytona was awesome, man. Yeah, I had a, re- I had a really good time, and uh, you know, did a little bit of field herping, did a little bit of expo, did a little bit of hanging out, hit the beach, did some swimming, didn't get bit by a shark. So hey, 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 <laughs> hey, that's all I could ask for. That's all good things. All good things. All good things. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was super happy. It was nice to be back. Uh, Florida's always a vibe, regardless of FWC's nonsense. Florida itself is a vibe. <clears throat> um, yeah, it was great to uh, it was great to just see see folks we usually don't ever see unless we're at Daytona, um, you know. And of course, the the beach <laughs> didn't get bit. Will Will is not a fan of your comment. <laughs> Uh, yeah no i didn't get bit by a shark (laughs) here's the deal will here's the deal will uh daytona beach does have a lot of shark bites and last year and this year i went swimming at midnight which apparently is prime shark feeding time (laughs) so i was told don't go swimming at that time because if you're going to get bit by a shark that is the time that it's going to happen i don't generally expect to get bit by a shark I actually love sharks a lot. And when I was a kid, I was more into sharks for a while than I was into reptiles. But I have a genetic condition where I can't get water in my ears. So I basically made the decision, well, if I can't get in the water and swim with sharks and be around them and be close to them, I'll do reptiles instead. So, like, I love sharks greatly. And, like, not just, oh, great whites are cool. Like, I love... (laughs) You know, all the sharks from cookie cutters to goblins to threshers, lemon sharks, black tip, white tip, you name it. I love all sharks. They're awesome. Heck yeah. (laughs) I did get smacked by a fish while I was down there. (laughs) I saw that. What? Okay. (laughs) What led up to that moment? What happens in Daytona? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So we were walking up and down the beach. Uh, just, you know, just walking around and, and I was just pointing out little things like the, the turns that were flying around. And then I think they're called sandpiper birds. They're running up and down the beach and stuff. And down by the pier, there was like a, fr- a frozen thawed, small or medium rat. And we were like, what the hell is this doing down here? And they're like, oh, the, the reptile exposed this weekend. 
so that, we were like, that's weird. And everyone was like, oh, no, it's not from the expo. It's like a pier rat that just died and happened to end up in the water. And I was like, ah, I don't know. And so we're walking up and down the beach. And I kind of like walked further than everybody. And then I, I was end up walking back. And there was this like angelfish. I was told it was an angelfish. I don't know if exactly if it was an angelfish. It looks kind of like a saltwater angelfish. Uh, but it was dead. And so I like grabbed it and walked up to uh, it was the uh, Jeff and Kendra from uh, Puget Sound Pythons was hanging out with uh, Dominic DeFalco and a, a few other people and, and Kristen and everything. And I was like, hey, look, I caught a fish. And they were like, you did not just reach in and catch a fish because they didn't realize <laughs> that it was dead. At first. And I'm like, yeah, it's well, it's dead. And they're like, oh, my God, wait can I smack you with the fish? And I was like, I don't care. Go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> like, so we're going to record it. So they, they recorded it. I got smacked with the fish. And then like 50 feet down the beach in the opposite direction, I found like the wings and shoulders of some sort of bird. I don't even know what kind of bird it was, but there was like a little bit of spine there and everything. And I was like, dude, this beach is just like all kinds of weird stuff <laughs> on there right now. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, hey, <laughs> it's not Daytona if some crazy stuff doesn't happen. That's that's fair. That's totally fair. I have to say, have you ever eaten at that diner that was across the street from our hotel? That old school diner. You know who went and ate there with me? Matt Bowers. Matt the man, Bowers. The myth, the legend. Matt Bowers. <laughs> Mr. Peach State Pythons himself. That's yeah, right. we got. We got skunked when we went field herping uh, on Saturday morning. And when we got back, we were like, man, we're starving. And so me and him were like, let's go to IHOP. So we, because all the rest of them were going, I don't remember. The rest of them were going someplace else. Uh, me and him were like, oh, we got to, we're going to stop and get IHOP real quick. So we went to IHOP. They were like, oh, it's a 40 minute wait. And we're like, oh no, we really want to get in the expo. Cause it was already like 10 o'clock or something. 10 right. And uh, so we walked over to the diner and they're like, oh, we can see you in a couple of minutes. And we're like, okay, cool. And we sat down and then we, we ended up waiting 40 minutes to get our food anyway. So it was oh. like, probably better off just going to IHOP. But I mean, the food was good. The, the pancakes were ginormous, but yeah. It was a pretty decent diner. Yeah, I went there. I think it was the last day I was there. I went there in the morning. Um, or no, the day before the last. <clears throat> I went there in the morning, and I was pleasantly surprised uh, by this by the serving size. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, oh, this is actually quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast for two days. Yeah, for real. Yeah. It, it, did you see their um their t-shirts too they were like sarcasm isn't uh, isn't extra or whatever it's, it's yes. complimentary <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i was really close to buying that one <laughs> it would have it would have been very much on brand for me <laughs> yeah yeah dude that that diner's pretty good and it was good because that morning we got totally skunked we got up early the weather was perfect it was a real cool morning it was like you know i think it was like low 70s and mm-hmm. it had rained the night before and so we're like oh man we're gonna get out early we got up at like six o'clock we drove out to the spot with uh, kj and uh we're like oh man everything's perfect the sun is shining there's like little bit of clouds and not a lot of clouds and the the roads are cool we're temp gunning it it's like 70 degrees 72 degrees or whatever so we're like you know 
the snakes have got to be out basking first thing in the morning because heavy rain, it's cool. They're gotta, they got to heat up for the day. So we're, we're going to just go out. We're going to see some stuff. And we got skunked. We didn't see Damn. anything. We didn't see, or you know what we saw? We saw a river otter that ran in the middle of the road. <laughs> that was the only Damn. thing we saw like all morning. <laughs> we were like, oh, man, maybe we'll see this. Maybe we'll see this. Like uh, Pygmies or timber, uh, not timber, eastern diamondback or like, you know, coral or something. Uh, yeah. King snake or racer, anything, literally hey. anything. We got skunked. And we got out and like Damn. hiked a bit too. We cruised this road a whole ton of times and we didn't find anything so we got up at six o'clock and we didn't see anything <laughs> that's okay because literally we made up for it each of us made different trips uh out to a couple different spots and ended up seeing some stuff i saw a couple pygmies um and then uh casey went out with um jeff and kendra and they saw the pygmies with casey and or three pygmies and a cotton mouth heck yeah they yeah. made up for it in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I shouldn't say we got completely skunked because we saw a baby banded water snake that got hit in the road that was dead, Ooh. and then we saw we saw the head and neck of a uh, Florida banded water snake uh, that promptly hid in a pile of rocks as soon as we were like, "Oh, maybe we can <laughs> try and catch it." It knew. That's, yeah, yeah. It knew. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we at least saw something, but yeah, we didn't get too close to it. So, yeah. But then we we went out on what was it Sunday? No, it was Mon- I think it was Monday. It's Sunday or Monday. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to have been Monday because it was like getting close to when we were me uh, when I was going to be heading out. But uh, we went out and it was. It looks like it was just about to start thunder and lightning, and we're like, maybe we can get a quick road cruise in before it starts raining. And we got to the spot before everybody else. And I get out of the car and I'm like walking around a little bit. And I'm like, boom, pygmy just curled up like right there. I was so hyped. That's awesome. And uh, so I, I'm snapping pictures of it a little bit and I'm trying not to get too close to it. And it, you can hear the thunder and just like getting closer and closer and closer. And we're like, oh, crap. And so that pygmy takes off and I'm like, crap, man. I really wanted them to be able to see it when when uh, they got there because they were a few running a little bit behind and then i saw another one but i literally just caught a glimpse of it as it was moving through this like open brush area and uh when they got there they were like oh you saw a pygmy i was like it literally already took off i like tried to scoop it when it started moving i tried to grab a stick and like scoop it over to the road it wasn't having it so yeah i know he was like i'm out of here i know what's yeah. coming <laughs> yeah, so we we did a, a like one lap in our car, um, following Casey and them, um, and then they ended up road cruising for a while afterwards. And uh, Kristen and I went and got food. But uh, yeah, it was I, I was pumped that I got to see a pygmy because I've never found pygmy rattlesnake before. Uh, it's only the second time I've seen East Coast rattlesnakes because uh, I've seen one timber when I lived in New England. Mm-hmm. And uh, haven't found any other species of rattlesnake on the East Coast. Um, so that was really cool. And it was beautiful. I got some nice pictures of my DSLR or my my actual camera. So I'm yeah. pumped. And uh, I'm trying to think of what else I did while I was down there. We went to, uh, I'll say it right, Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for the other way we'll get us demonetized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, 
I was like, I was like, Kristen, I'm gonna send this to him, and he's gonna either be like, Rob, what the hell? Or he's gonna be like, Does he know what that is? And I was like, Jerry, I think Jeremy knows that I know what that is. Like, but Rob, I know what that is. Oh, I, I know you know what that is. <laughs> Trust and believe. <laughs> oh gosh. We went to Bucky's. Bucky's is awesome. Uh, there are. I don't think there's a Bucky's in North Carolina. If no, there is, it's not up by me. South Carolina. Is there? I heard, or there's one being built. So the the deal with Bucky's, it's amazing. <laughs> the deal with Bucky's is that they have an entire wall of beef jerky, and yeah. it's like a uh, home goods mixed with a gas station. Mixed with what's some place that has got a lot of jerky? I don't know, like a, a, a barbecue shack or something. Yeah, and it's, they, and they got fudge and like all sorts of stuff. So yeah, dude, that walking in there because you went to the one that was just outside Daytona Beach, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got that middle island where they're like pumping out hamburgers and brisket sandwiches, and brisket right on sandwiches. the back end, right on the back end is like uh, fudge and brown fudge, and stuff. Bro. We got some of that fudge. That fudge was tight. It was so good. Ah. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, man. Yeah, I walked in there. So I went there the beginning of the week uh, with the ZooMed guys because we were coming back from Titusville because we were supposed to go do that bioluminescent kayaking, and it got rained out, which was a bummer, but it wasn't a wasted night because the hotel was really nice. They had, like, a rooftop uh, diner bar thing, so we, we just hung out up there and the rain, you know, we drowned our sorrows in the rain. But uh, coming back, they're like, Oh, let's stop at Bucky's, and uh, I'm like, I, Sure, let's do it. One of the one of the reps that was there was one their Texas rep, so he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah Bucky's. let's do it, let's do it. Um, man, I walked in there and sensory overload, like. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what is happening, but I like it. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> hell yeah. Oh, so, you want to hear a little funny story about Bucky's? Yes. About me and Bucky's. So, I mentioned that I bought uh, a bunch of fudge uh, from Bucky's, right? Yes. Oh, uh, I have an idea yeah. where this is going. Oh, oh yeah. So, um, <laughs> we go to the airport. And I just like tucked the fudge in the top of my backpack because I was like, oh, maybe I'll snack on it when I'm on the airplane. It's a real, it's that's chill. I, I like some fudge while I'm flying. Why not? So ah. we get to TSA and we're starting to go through. And I go through the little scan thing and they body scan me. And I have my uh, suitcase in one basket and then my backpack in another basket. And so the, the, basket that had the or the bag that had the fudge in it gets pulled over to get screened and so i'm just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and uh i don't know if people know this but on a security scan uh like their x-ray scanner thing fudge looks suspiciously like c4 uh a, an explosive <laughs> so uh the dude who was looking through my bag, he like looks at it on the screen and he's like, 
and like and he's like you need to step over here and i'm like okay i'll step over here and uh he opens it up he grabs the box and he's like fudge chocolate is this fudge and i was like yeah it's fudge from bucky's and he's like oh, okay get out of here <laughs> i was like oh man he's probably sweating for a hot second he he laughed too. He was like, "This is fudge, isn't it?" <laughs> I was like, "Yep, that's that's some grade A fudge right there." Dude, if if you do not start a fudge shop called C Four Fudge, no, no, <laughs> guaranteed to get you uh, in a special selection line at the airport. <laughs> We need to pitch that to Bucky's. Be like, you guys need, you guys need a line of fudge called the C four line. Yeah, it's gonna be like hot pepper fudge. So you yeah. put like Carolina Reaper flakes in there. And yeah, it's exactly. Like, oh, it's hot. It's explosively hot. It's, it's like. <laughs> Oof. Cool. That's. Yeah, luckily they didn't like pull me out and search my whole shit. They they just like were like, oh, it's fudge, <laughs> and then they're like, okay, you're good to go. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Okay, before we forget, let's run our ad break for our wonderful sponsor, and uh, we'll be right back. Black Box Cages, located in Buford, Georgia, is your one-stop shop for all of your caging and rack needs. Owners Jen and Clint are at the helm of this fantastic company. With one of the shortest lead times in cage and rack manufacturing, Black Box can satisfy anyone's needs. From baby racks to V70s, arboreal and terrestrial caging to deep-fronted bioactive enclosures, you can find everything you need right here. New enclosure sizes and products are added frequently to their availability, so be sure to check back often. Black box cages have tons of customizing options for lighting and heating. Along with that, cages and racks can be stacked with metal stacking dowels, and all cage joints are datoed for improved durability and stability. Most cage units are flat-packed, but are pre-assembled prior to shipping to ensure a solid build every time. The Micro XC18 XT3, BioG, and 3-Stack V70 ship assembled, and all other racks are shipped freight and assembled. The XR16 and XR20 model racks allow keepers to mix and match tubs. Fitting both Vision and Freedom Breeder tubs, you can mix the V15, V18, and V35S tubs, or the FB5, FB8, and FB35CV SC tubs. This kind of flexibility allows keepers to raise their animals from hatchling to juvenile or sub-adult size before needing to upgrade into adult caging. Don't just take our word for it. Go to their website to see countless customer reviews and review videos from keepers all over. To learn more about Black Box Cages, follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Black Box Cages, and of course their website www.blackboxcages.com. Links to their socials and website will be available in the podcast description. Bam! So massive shout out to Black Box Cages, and uh, I'm going to plug this in because it just went up on their Instagram about an hour ago. Um, some new updates to some of the stuff that they've got. The XT4 and XT3 enclosures are now available with uh, sliding doors, 
Uh, and the XT3 and XT3s uh, now come in a single drop door option, drop down door option. Um, so, as always, guys, go check them out, blackboxcages.com. Hit them up. Tell them we sent you. Just do it. Oh, Just do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Daytona, I'm trying to think what, what probably the most memorable thing for Daytona for me was. Actually, you know what? There's two things. And uh, maybe you'll have a similar experience on one of them. <clears throat> first thing was i think i've talked to you before and i probably mentioned it on the podcast uh the palmetto corn snake stuff i've been wanting to take that in the direction of uh getting the the high pink coral ghost stuff oh yeah the palmettos to get you know gray and pink dots and more pink dots and everything like that so i was talking with lee abbott and uh brian i will not say his last name because i'll butcher it uh from nbk reptiles um and Brian is working on that project, if I remember correctly. And he brought up something in that conversation that I was not thinking about, but made me pause on the project. And that is the fact that the pink takes time to come in. So he had some animals that were almost two years old before he started seeing the pink dots. So he made <laughs> he made some salmon snow palmettos. So uh, so it was an all white snake right out of the egg. Cool, mm-hmm. fine. Um, in an effort to just get pink dots, so there'd be no obviously there's no you're not going to see the white dots, but just to get the pink dots. And it took nearly two years to start seeing pink dots. So that was a bit of a turnoff. For me on that project. I think it will be different with the ghost stuff. Because at least you'll be able to see the the gray dots. Um, So at least you'll see some sort of texture there. Texture. Um, But yeah, thinking about that taking that long. uh, Before seeing the pink. Made me be like, man, I don't want to hold these snakes back for two years. You know, the whole purpose is to make them and then sell them. (laughs) <laughs> but if I'm holding it back for two years, I'm just keeping the damn thing. Yeah, you might as well keep it at that point. Yeah, so I think it's—I still think it's a cool project and definitely something worth it if you're interested in just making a couple really, you know, super cool snakes. Um, but it made me kind of pause on that and made me think about wanting to go in other directions with palmetto. Um, like Travis Whistler had a butter palmetto at the show. I don't know if you saw that, but it was like white with just bright yellow spots. On it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's kind of cool just because it was so, so different. Um, so that was number one. The uh, other conversations that I was just kind of like listening in on um, and also were happening on Facebook later, uh, we're talking about, you know, how some of the not necessarily old school or OG herpers, but the previous generation of reptile keepers like the Michael Coles, the Sean Heflex, the Greg Graziani's and, and all that stuff coming into the show and being like, well, we only recognize four people. Like what the heck is going on? So the show has changed a lot. And I think for multiple reasons, I think a lot of those guys that are getting into their fifties now are just kind of like, I don't need to do shows um, because they've either built a big enough name for themselves or they they've downsized to a point where they don't need the shows as a vehicle to sell animals. 
Um, but the interesting thing was how some of them kind of scoffed at what's essentially our generation going into the next generation of Keeper. Uh, and it made me think generationally what has transpired in the reptile industry um, in the last three generations. Our generation, I'll say, being like the third generation. Um, so if you think before the Kevins and Bryans and Michael Coles and all those guys, there was a generation before that, the Craig Trumbauers, the, you know, the Phil DeVogel, like all those guys, those are the guys that in my brain, that first large scale generation of reptile keepers, they were the guys that were figuring how to keep things alive, right? How to keep things alive, how to breed them, what the quirks were, what the nuances were to actually just have fun and do this. Then the, the Kevin Brian generation, that was the generation that figured out how to monetize it, how to make it a business, you know, and how to make a living off of it. And then, you know, our generation has, we're, you know, we're, well, you're in your thirties, I'll be 30 this year. We're the guys coming in on the tail end of make it a business, but also bring it to the masses, put it on social media, educate people online versus only in person when you get the opportunity. So the generation that's coming after us now, these, these kids that are in their, you know, their late teens, maybe early twenties, <clears throat> what are they bringing to the table, you know, for the industry? What's, what's their next big move? So it, it just got me thinking a lot about that generational pull from each end, you know, where we've got, you know, if you really think about that, only four generations, we go from figuring out how to keep things to making an amazing, you know, business out of, you know, keeping and breeding snakes all the way to now sending it out to the masses and opening it up for, for everybody to get involved. Like that's, that's kind of crazy to think about in just three generations of doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting to hear that and kind of listen to that and get some people's different thoughts on it. There's some people that are excited for where it's going and there are other people that are, you know, grumpy and, and, you know, think that the generation after us is a bunch of no good, no nothings so <laughs> which in some cases might actually be true but uh you know i mean like that's right that's the flip side of social media is like you know you can get a viral video and suddenly get you know a hundred thousand plus followers but you you don't really know anything you just had a viral video happen yeah. you know um so that's the flip side of of social media um you know, as we move things forward, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was just an interesting thought provoking aspect to Daytona that I wasn't prepared for, but glad to be a part of some of those conversations. Yeah. I think that, um, when it comes to looking at that generational gap on things that one of the things that worries me, like there's, there's lots of things I like about the kind of the direction that people are headed in. Now people are kind of wanting to enjoy their animals a little bit more, you know, give things bigger enclosures so they can watch them and, you know, see more of their natural habits and everything. <clears throat> and that's great. I love that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm moving towards that with, you know, a bunch of my animals. I've got, you know, scrubs in cage, like enclosures now uh, where I was mostly keeping in racks before um, I'm going to be moving some carpets into cages soon 
and uh so just so i can enjoy them a little bit more but i do worry because there is this like huge pushback um against breeders or i maybe it's just my own perception but there's this kind of pushback against people who breed um and you know if if there is not people breeding a lot of these animals in you know more than oh i produce an odd clutch here or there mm -hmm. uh you know a lot of this stuff could end up you know maybe not disappearing but becoming significantly harder for people to get so think about your favorite kind of reptile if it's not a ball python or like a corn snake or something and if you wanted one of those things but there's not somebody who's working with you know a group of 60 of them or 50 or you know a, a big group of them or or a couple people working with a big group of them yeah. you know if there if there's only three clutches of this particular type of snake that you want uh just think about the numbers there's not going to be enough supply for the demand for the number of people that would like uh, that type of animal and that's kind of what we're seeing with uh, with scrub pythons right now that there's this huge demand not a whole lot of people breeding them right now and mm -hmm. they're not they're not the easiest things to breed and uh, the people who are producing them generally are holding on to them uh, so that they can continue working them into the future and yeah. uh, I just think that when I when I think about the newest generation, a lot of them are like, oh, these people are breeding things and they've got them in racks and I hate that and they should never do that. And it's like, well, here's the deal. If you would like to have some of these things or like for other people to be able to have access to these things without it being, you know, a $5,000 animal or a $2,000 animal or even to be attainable at all, there has to be some number of people who have got them in decent numbers. And when you do that, you kind of do have to work with racks. You kind of do have to work with uh, what you can do. And, you know, I, I think that there, there is a line that we need to walk. So make sure that you're taking care of your animals properly, making sure that everything's getting attention that it needs and everything. But there are people who are like, if you've got racks, you're wrong. And those people are really loud and annoying. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think that, if you can keep your animals in cages, do it. But there, there are also animals that don't do great in cages, like bloods and short tails. Like, right. Uh, I, I think that's one of the things that just rubs me super wrong about that whole argument because people are like, everything should go in a rack or a cage. And I'm like, okay, I've got bloods that like you keep them in a rack and they're, they're fine. They're easy to work with. Everything's cool, but you take them and put them in a cage and they lose their lose it. minds because yeah. and it doesn't matter how much stuff you put in there. Or if you use live plants or you use UV, it doesn't matter. It is not comfortable. It's not uh, happy in that type of enclosure. And when people start, well, they're like, well, how would you feel? And it's like, I'm not a snake. I don't know how I would feel. I'm going by how the animal feels and how it reacts to me. The animal's acting calm and, and you know, easy to work with. It's probably not agitated. And if you change the setup and all of a sudden now it's losing its mind, maybe you're using your monkey brain to think about what you think <laughs> it wants and not using a snake brain to think about what the snake wants or the lizard or the gecko or the frog or whatever. Yeah, um, there's just a lot more to it than some people seem to seem to think. And yeah, that's that's where, like, I just feel this kind of disconnect from from both sides on things, because the old guys are like, well, we brought them in racks forever and that's all you need to do. And it's like, 
Yeah, they you ever seen a carp python perched up like a green tree? It's pretty freaking cool, man. Like, yeah, right. Branches, you can branches they'll perch just like a green tree. It's pretty awesome. My my IJ carvers do that all the time. That jungle mm-hmm. that I set up in the uh, the uh, uh, protein enclosure, it sits yeah. perched like a green tree all the time, like all the time. Yeah, and if I was keeping in Iraq, I just wouldn't see that. And so for me, it's just you know I, I like to put it in a or in an enclosure where I can watch it and enjoy it and it gets a little bit more out of life and you know i don't have everything in rack uh, everything in enclosures i don't have everything in racks it's it is uh definitely something to really really think about yeah absolutely. <laughs> and <laughs> i think uh <clears throat> you know it's interesting that you that you said that because that was one of the things so one of the panel discussions that i was on at animal con was talking about breeding snakes and and we had a decent amount of time open for q and a's and this this topic got you know got brought up as people you know people are keeping more things in cages and you know is that where the hobby's going and stuff and you know one of the things that I had said was you know just like you said not every species does great in a cage just like not every species does great in a rack you know yep. um, it, it goes both ways but <clears throat> when you're talking about something that you know you want an affordable pet. Mm-hmm. Right. You think about think about what it takes <clears throat> financially to heat a rack versus X amount of cages, you know, that were cages using lights and heat mats and maybe you've got UV on it or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. All these other things that eats up way more electricity than that, you know, three, five, ten inch piece of heat tape that's now heating three snakes or four yeah. snakes, depending on the size of your rack. Uh you know, so if it costs, you know, maybe let's say $30 for a baby normal ball python, you know, but the parents are being kept in a rack, you know, if we really got down to the nit, nitpicky, you know, brass taxes of everything, you know, that for the cost of food for the adults, the cost of food for the babies, the cost to heat each individual tub, all those things, if you wanted to break all that down, which you could do if you wanted to be that guy. Uh, you know, now you're looking at what those numbers really look like and how that plays into it. So, you know, let's say the cost is maybe, you know, $3.50, you know, per per drawer in a rack, you know, for that ball python. Okay, yeah, it makes sense to sell it for 30 bucks. But now you add a heat panel, you add a light, you add this, you add that. Now suddenly it costs you $15 to maintain one animal. Mm-hmm. When it costs you what ten dollars to maintain three or four, you know. So now instead of a fifty dollar or thirty dollar ball python, it's a fifty or sixty dollar ball python. You know, it's got to you know the the it has to weigh out in some way, shape, or form from a business financial analytic aspect. You know, if we're just talking about I want to have a couple snakes and you know maybe breed them once in a while, yeah, sure, three ball pythons in a cage. You know, it's no big deal. But on the larger scale side of things, it, it has to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, it, it, it just is what it is. And there's always going to be people, people who are unhappy with one way or the other way. And and uh, that's why I just don't involve myself in online arguments, because it's at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm not changing either of their minds. I you know, the people who are in here listening to us right now, they, I, I assume that most of them have got a brain and can think and are going to, uh, 
you know, come to their own conclusions. And, you know, if they're on the fence, I'm more than happy to give my input as someone who's worked with over a hundred species of reptiles, probably at this point, I don't know, like that's gotta be worth something. Uh, You know, there are lots of species I can tell you that don't do great in racks. I can also tell you there's a few species that do great in racks and, um, you know, it, it, it boils down to what the animal wants and then what you are willing to accommodate for uh, that animal to work with your life as well. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is what it is. So uh, I think that the thing that I kind of took away from Daytona, getting to see some of those, you know, people who I, you know, I'm not part of the older generation, but I, I kind of feel a, akin with them because I was into reptiles when I was five years old like i was subscribed to reptiles magazine when it came out when i was six (laughs) years old or something and reading the articles and getting into all that sort of stuff and you know when the internet came around i was talking to people who were breeding things when i was far too young or not too young (laughs) but like younger than most people would be getting into all that sort of stuff and so getting to see Ron St. Pierre and like hang out with Craig Trumbauer a little bit and uh, you know, see Michael Cole and like some of these other people. Uh, it was just really cool to me. You know, Keith McPeak was there and I always love seeing Keith. Yeah. And it was like, it was a huge, like it was like almost whiplash because I got these guys who I'm like sitting there just like listening to them talk. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. This is so cool. Like, and there's people who come up to me they're like, oh my goodness, it's Rob. Like I used to watch your nerd videos all the time. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? Like sit here and talk to these people for a little bit. And, you know, they're they're looking at me kind of how I'm looking at him. And it's it's weird being in this kind of sandwich because I'm like, you want to talk to me? Look, you should talk to this guy over here. Like for real. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Shout out to Benny for the super chat for the podcast. Thank you, man. We appreciate yeah. you. We do appreciate that a lot. And uh, I, I'm just I'm trying to think of like hanging out with all the people uh, on Friday night and Saturday night at the gazebo. Always awesome. Getting Heck to talk yeah. to people. Um, you know, just seeing so many different people and everybody's enjoying themselves, having a good time. You know, talking a little bit about the animals, talking a little bit about life and field herping. And man, I just like, I get so caught up in all that sort of stuff. Like my, my head's spinning because I'm like, I want to go sit and listen to them talk about this. And I I really (laughs) want to talk to this person about this. And there's only so much time that we got. And, you know, uh, you know, spending some time with Kristen and going on the beach and making, uh, doing some regular vacation stuff too. Uh, I think that it was a pretty good expo uh, for me. Uh, I don't know, man. The the second room, I'm a little, I wish that there was a little bit better signage just for everything going on at the expo. Um, Yeah. Maybe they'll work on that for next year, but I don't know. Uh, Overall, I thought it was pretty good, but I know that a lot of people were not super thrilled about the second room. Uh, People who usually do really good money there said that they were not doing too good on selling things there, which is the point of them driving (laughs) <laughs> yeah full, full day to be there um man i'm just trying to think of like some other things that that like popped up while i was there i don't know i don't know i saw a lot of cool animals and a lot of cool people so <laughs> we're definitely some cool animals 
It was dude. It was super cool to to be able to chat with uh, with Ron Saint Pierre as dude. much as, as much as we did. Like, I remember when I told you like Ron Saint Pierre wants to talk to you. <laughs> like, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, wait, wait, me? Yeah, dude. I was like at his table. Like, I I didn't even interject in the conversation. I was just like standing with a bunch of people. And then, like, when things died down, he, like, extended his hand. It was like, how's it going, Jeremy? And I was like, (laughs) 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 I was like, do you know who you are? Like, (laughs) literally, literally, bro. Yeah, like, that was, that was a a big highlight for me, for sure. (laughs) And he was like, if you guys ever come down here, you got to open invite. You can come. We'll we'll check. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we we gotta do we gotta do just a Florida reptile guy trip, where we like fly from fly out of here, fly down to Miami, mm-hmm. and just zigzag yeah. up, yeah, yeah, just zigzag up Florida, and then like peace out of Orlando or whatever, you know. Yup, yup, like, yup. Yeah. I'm so down, dude. I'm so down because I I'm I'm jealous that Kevin got to go to Iguana Land. I haven't been to Iguana Land yet. Um, I know. I, I want to see some of the animals that they got there, and and of course hang out with Ty a little bit. And, yeah. And uh, man, ah, damn, Mike Kasiki's in the in the chat. What's up, man? Jeez. It was awesome to get to chat with you again and hang out a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. was was sweet. Just yeah, man. I don't know. It was just a, it was a great weekend. Uh, I'm I'm a little bummed uh, that. Uh, uh, that I didn't go to Animal Con, but I don't know. I, I, I was thinking about Animal Con. Like, I don't know if that's exactly my scene. I, I'd just be, people would be like, oh my God, it's Robin. I'd be like, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> the way I think about it, dude, is like, think about it. Think about it is like when we're at the expos and people just, they come up, they want to take a picture. They're like, oh man, it's so cool to meet you. And, and you know, they talk for a few minutes and then like carry on. Like, that's basically what it was. I, uh, I really, uh, the one person that I saw pictures that was there actually there's a couple people, but reptiliatus, he's really cool. Yes. Canada. And and I talked to him a little bit on Instagram and then the dude from dark den who does tarantula stuff. Yeah. I wanted to meet him because I, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know who I am. I just think, I think it's cool that there's so many people who have converted to tarantulas because of his videos. So I would be like, dude, you're doing good work. I appreciate it. Hell yeah. Tarantulas are awesome. Heck yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was also super cool to meet, uh, Mikey for, uh, ants Canada. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember walking into the room to do my meet and greet and he's in the room doing his meet and greets. And there's like a line of people dude people flew from all over the country and i think there were a couple people that flew in from europe specifically to meet mikey that's wild it was insane like oh my god super cool guy uh i didn't get to talk with him too too much i wish i got to hang with him some more um but uh the last night that we were there um a whole bunch of us were chilling out by the Cool, and we got to talk for a while with uh, his camera guy, Cheston, um, who also happens to be a recording engineer and guitar player. Uh, so Kevin and I and Cheston were like having like a giant musician's powwow on one side of the table, and everyone's like, 
what is happening? <laughs> so that was super cool. Natalie's Reptiles with the super chat. That's how I'm going to react when I meet you guys. You're amazing. You're going to be at Tinley, right, Natalie? We will be at Tinley for sure. Yeah. Um, it's always also great to see Phil. Um, I'll mention <sighs> that. I'll mention that as well. Phil Goss was in the building. Um, but make sure you're following USR. Georgia just had their alert uh, get posted. Proposed ban on the black and white tegu, which is yeah. not surprising. Indian pythons, Burmese right. pythons. Um, and I think there's one other thing on that list uh, as well. Yeah. But um, So please make sure you're checking out USR and following them. The, uh, the virtual meeting is September 13th. Uh, for that, so if you're able, please uh, sign up for that. Get there, be there, support your uh, keepers down in Georgia. Um, yeah, because that's they're late to the party here in the southeast, but we're not we're not shocked about it. But uh, I chuckled because the first night of after party shenanigans, Phil was nowhere to be seen, and I was like, "Oh, Phil usually come, you know, he'll hang, you know." Uh, and then like, I got the email about the Georgia alert and I was like, this man just can't stop working. (laughs) I got to apologize to Phil because when he was leaving Daytona, he was like packing up the table and I think there was one person helping him, but he was kind of like just doing his, his thing. And he's got his, his suitcase up over his shoulder and then he's dragging another one behind him. And I was like, is no one helping you right now, dude? And I like went over to go like help him. And, uh, and he's like, I'm not an old man. I can take my own bag. And I was like, sorry. I just, <laughs> I just, I was like, I'm going to help. It's a, dude. It's so fun. I went over the, I went over to the table right before I did the little live video with him. I went over to the table and we're just, we're just chit chatting me, him and uh, Vanessa. And we're just, we're chatting, whatever. And then uh, like five minutes later, I'm like, all right, man, hey, you want to do this uh, this live video real quick? He's like, you didn't have to hang out for five minutes just to ask me. You could have just pulled me aside. And I was like, motherfucker, no, <laughs> hang. I'm, I enjoyed the conversation, you jerk. <laughs> yeah. I actually like Phil a lot. He's got a really good sense of humor. Yeah, Phil is great. Phil is great, for sure. <laughs> a lot of people don't get it. They're like, oh, he's so private proper. I'm like, you haven't been to an auction, have you? Yeah. <laughs> also, I want to shout out the Daytona auction raised just shy of a hundred thousand dollars for US Arc. So yep. big big shout to those people who are at the auction on Saturday night. It was a lot of fun. Uh lots of cool stuff. You saw Phil wielding a doing his thing. <laughs> That I don't know if we can say that. Huh? I said I don't know if we can say what it was on here, but it was well, it was a custom uh custom designed gun that uh Michael Cole made. Yeah, nice. Which, uh, which was pretty cool that got donated. Yeah. yeah. No, that was that was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty that cool. That was awesome. The memes got... that came out after it were pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh I think Bob Vu had like photoshopped Phil with the gun in his hand, like in the background of a photo and was like, it's not like anybody holds a gun to my head to go to these auctions. <laughs> I saw another one was like, sign up for US Arc or else. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Phil can definitely hang. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's, just, he's a great guy to just, chat with and get some dry humor from <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. i love it 
Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. So yes, Daytona next year. Cannot wait. It's the, the annual the annual hang. Um, I hope that it actually happens and that they don't ban everything in Florida. I know. I know. Hopefully not. Uh, I didn't even talk about my flag, but that's okay. Oh yes, we got we got I mean, this is okay. We're going a little over. So Rob's got this amazing flag. Yes. Uh, he can go into way more detail about, but he uh, he got it signed by a whole bunch of people uh, at Daytona, and it's it's yeah. pretty epic. It is pretty epic. Yeah. So basically, I got Adeline Robinson when the Roe v. Wade thing got overturned. She made a, a custom design of a timber rattlesnake, the the Don't Tread on Me rattlesnake, but it's kind of curled up into like a uterus. And it says, don't tread on me. And I was like, hell yeah, that's fucking awesome. And so I bought the flag and then I was, I got it a couple weeks ago and I was like, man, I wonder if I can bring this down to Daytona and just have people sign it. Because like a couple years ago when we did Tinley, I had people sign my uh, Pythons of Southeast Asia book. And it's just like a cool little memento to like have and, and look back through, see all the people that were there and everything. And so I was like, I think I'm going to do that. So I started asking people to sign it. Um, I think on the second or third day, I probably should have started right at the beginning because I saw Keith McPeak, like when we first got there and then I didn't barely see him at all for the rest of the weekend. I, I think I saw him like twice, but I didn't get him to sign it, which is like, damn it. I, I told him I'm going to have to bring it someplace else where he's at so I can get him to sign it because he was there. And, and he's one of the, the people I really wanted to get signed it. Uh, but I got a lot of like awesome people. I got Ron St. Pierre on there. I got uh, Craig Trumbauer signed it. Uh, yeah. Can I John, just Johnny boy, Johnny boy, the, the Listen. Johnny boy. So there's two people that signed that, that I like was like, what the heck is happening? One was Johnny boy free yeah. handing that little Asian drawing. Like, Holy crap. And then two was Craig Trumbauer. Craig Trumbauer is in his 70s. And he's yeah. getting all amped up and is like, <laughs> like hey, running start, like all this stuff. Like, he's so awesome. <laughs> he is awesome, bro. Bro, when I asked him if he would sign it, he said, Well, if I sign it, it's going to be worth $100 less now. You know that, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> He drew a little rattlesnake rattle above part of his name and then a tongue coming off the end of it. I was like, yeah, this dude, he can hang, man. Yeah, awesome. he can totally hang. Yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. And then, yeah, well, John, John Dragon is like one of the first people who signed it. And he's like, is it cool if I like draw something on here? And I was like, go, go for it, man. I was expecting like a stick figure or a phallic object. And he's sitting there, he's like over there just like kind of drawing away and you know, doing this thing. And then he hands it over to me and it's like an immaculate water drag, like a, uh, not water, water dragon, monster. water monster. Yeah. And it's like, it's incredible. It's like, <laughs> it's like, really well you, done. Just, you just drew that from memory. Like, are you kidding me right now, bro? And literally <laughs> every person who signed it after that was like, Oh, what the hell is this? Who signed John, a dragon signed that shit. Oh my God. He, he just freehanded that. Even even Adeline was like, "Wow, holy crap!" <laughs> yeah, especially because like that was on that material, very like yeah. not drawing friendly material. So imagine 
what actually happens when he gets, you know, pen and paper or pencil and paper in his hand. Like, holy crap. I want to go grab it real quick. I don't remember where I put it, though. I'm going to look for one second. And if I don't find it, that's fine. We can wrap things up. But I just, I really want to see if I can find it so I can show that that drawing because it's awesome. Do it. Do it. Heck yeah, it was it was super cool. I mean, it was it's like the giant Daytona twenty twenty two yearbook, pretty much. But uh, but it was awesome. I I think every Daytona is an experience for sure. This this past Daytona for me, I I think was was a massive highlight. Hey, he's got it. Okay, all right. Where is this, John? You're watching the YouTube video right now. Look at that, dude. Look at that. He free-handed that. He free-handed that. Like, like it was nothing. That's so crazy. If you're if you're on the audio only, you have to come check out the last few few minutes on YouTube just to see this. And then uh Catherine Brown, the reptile whisperer. Yep. Heck oh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, is is Brian Craig's? Oh, Craig Schumbauer, he is over here someplace, right there. Look at him with the cool little tongue and rattle. Dude, you know he's done that for his whole life. Like, <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Adeline, Colby Nelson. It's just April Wingfield. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's stacked, man. It's stacked. Yeah. It's an awesome, it's an awesome flag, dude. It's an awesome memory of an awesome weekend. That's yeah. See everything, but it's pretty sweet. I'm pumped. It's going up in my reptile room. Um, Heck yeah! I just was like, I need that, and it came out even better than I was expecting. And I got a lot of signatures that I was not expecting to get. So hey, (laughs) hell yeah! Ah, Sorry, I had the mic over there. No, you're good. Okay, so. We've gone over our time. I don't care because it's great to just do another episode and and talk with you and hang. Uh, oh, yeah. you, know, you know the deal, man. What in the realm of reptiles has got you excited about reptiles right now? The thing that's got me really excited I can't talk about yet because <laughs> uh-huh. I said true. <laughs> Um, oh man, what has got me excited right now? I there's so many different things. Daytona was freaking awesome. Seeing that pig your rattlesnake was so cool. Um, man, I wasn't prepared at all. Oh my god, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Um, Caden just posted that picture of the Naltinus gecko. That thing is awesome. That was super uh, cool. Uh, I know that there's something else. I know that there's something else, dude, all these people doing passion projects. That's what I'm excited about this year. I've seen so many people just hatching out amazing things. We're going to have Rick Crumine come on. He's hatched out blackheaded pythons this year. He's hatched out Wilma pythons this year. He's hatched out white lip pythons this year. He's hatched out lots of pituophis. Yes. Every time that he posts something, I'm like, dude, how many different species do you breed? Are you kidding me right now, bro? Yeah, exactly. And then, um, He's crushing Eric, it. Yeah, Eric from NPR was hatching out uh, rhino rats. He hatched out white lip pythons. That's his passion project, bro. Hatched out white lip pythons, the, the gold white lip pythons for the first time. Um, man, I, 
just I've seen oh two different people bred croc monitors this year, bro. Are yeah. you kidding me? Bro, that shit's crazy. Yeah, um, be cool. I was pumped about that. Uh Chris Foley's got croc monitor eggs right now. I'm totally blanking on there's one other person who just hatched them too. I cannot remember who it is though right now. I'll think about it when when this is over. But two different people bred croc monitors this year. Uh viable eggs, incredible. Uh man. This year has been passion project year for a lot of people, and I'm here for it. I love seeing people winning. I love seeing people produce things that they've been working and trying and going after for you know so long, and 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 doing it. You know, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Gary Shavino hatched out some badass Savu pythons. Uh, man, who else? Who else? Yeah, that crazy uh, albino cherry head red foot. Yeah, that thing was crazy. That thing was really cool. I'm trying to think of what else, man. Uh, literally, back to back to back, I'm seeing people do passion project stuff, and I love that. That's that's Heck what's got yeah. me hyped about reptiles right now because, you know, it's, it's something satisfying about, you know, going after something and working with them and trying and trying and trying and trying and failing and trying and trying and then finally something clicks and you get to produce that thing that you really want. Um, just seeing that. I love that. That's yeah. It, it, every time I see somebody making something that they've been trying to do, that just gets me hyped. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. All right. So you, Jeremy, what in the realm of reptiles has got you excited about reptiles right now? Uh, there's a couple things. Obviously, I'm going to second what you just said. People, you know, really pushing their passion projects. I, I think that's that's amazing, you know. And, and this year has definitely been the year of seeing people like just crush it. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. super excited also that there's been seems like this year has been more uh, rough scale pythons produced in the U.S. than any Damn. other year before. Matt Minotola produced some, bro. I remember going to Matt's. Uh, uh carpet fest right before i started at nerd and he had just gotten them like they weren't the or the, i think it was the he had just gotten the mail he had the female but he had just gotten the mail i think it was they were still pretty young so it was cool to see him he you know followed through on that and produced a great clutch of them so heck yeah like that that geeks me out because that's one of the few species that i still want to add into my own collection um but uh selfishly i'm super excited about this new ball python uh the uh, hidden gene woman, black pastel and she clown. I, I, I don't know what it's going to look like as an adult and I want to know. So uh, that's got me geeked. And then lastly, just because of where I just came from, uh, I'm excited for some retic stuff, uh, primarily retic stuff that's happening oh, wow, wow. in North Carolina. Cause I just went to go uh, visit our buddy, Aubrey. Uh, yeah. Seeing those, Caramel Oslo in person. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, he's also got some other insane retics. And uh, he was nice enough to let me film some stuff over there. So I'll be putting together uh, just nothing crazy, but a short little reel for Instagram. Uh, just kind of showing some of the highlight amps. There were, there were a lot of animals. Um, but 
Yeah, I'm bummed. I wanted to get some footage of the Bacan, but uh, she was super, super deep in shed. Uh, so she didn't really look all that spectacular and, and also wasn't really thrilled about being messed with. So we didn't do anything with her. But uh, but yeah, shout out to Aubrey for all the stuff that he's got going on. Dude, the, the orange glow, double het, ocelot pied stuff. I mean, holy crap. He's got so much forward dick stuff going on. And, uh, and he's got some super dwarf stuff that's that's moving to. I mean, just just cool, just cool retics. Um, I don't really get geeked about retics anymore. Like, like I've got my few that I just like to have, and that's that's pretty much it. Uh, but going over to his place and seeing some of those, I, I would easily say the highest end retic collection in the country. Easily, yeah. easily. Yeah. You know, um, I don't. I don't care who else has what. Like, you're not gonna. You, you can't hold a candle at what uh, Aubrey's got. That's just. Yep. That's just a fact. So. Yeah, dude. The the super pecans are pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't really like retics, but a super pecan maybe could get me to change my mind a little. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like those old school tigers, and then the super pecan emeraldos are are pretty freaking sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, retic stuff, and I was like, oh, Aubrey, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When you see this reel that I post, I'm probably going to post it tomorrow. Uh, holy crap. Like, just holy crap. There's some cool mm. stuff. Like, some stuff that glows. Mm. Uh, oh, I got one more thing that's okay. going to be hyped. Dan Magano bred a side swipe to a skunk, Borneo. Oh, yeah. holy crap, bro. Those are the fucking hottest Borneos that I've seen. <laughs> and he's been sending me pictures, like, as things have been, like, you know, when they first hatch, and then a week after they get a little bit more of that color on them. Oh, Crazy. my God, dude. Crazy. Like, that project, when I saw those babies, I was like, well, I know one of the pairings I'm doing next year because that is just ridiculous. Ridiculous! They're so incredible looking. Yeah, they just literally make my face melt with how amazing they look. That's and like true. Borneos, a lot of them are like you know they look a little you know. There's some that really grab your attention, but when I saw those, I was like, God damn, that's exactly what I like. It's amazing. That's Black how I felt. That's how I about this. Let's see if it focuses in. Is that the, an orange glow thing? It's uh yeah with a, a whole lot more other stuff. I uh, focus. There we go. Yeah. Look at the saturation on that snake, dude. It's very orange. It's it's tang. It's a kick in the glass. Dude. Ha <laughs> 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 Uh but yeah, I got I got a couple couple cool cool little video clips for this reel but yes Hell there's yeah. so much cool stuff happening right now yeah so heck yeah man oh hi jeremy if people want to find out more about you where are they gonna go find me everywhere at brass man reptiles literally literally everywhere because i hate my life and social media runs it so uh, <laughs> how about you rob uh you can find me on tiktok rob is creeping it real on instagram rob is creeping it real 
that's about it. I am going to be posting stuff on Morph Market. I really need to like actually buckle down and do Morph Market because I know that I've got a few people who have inquired about Carbon Pythons and like I'll message them and then like I get busy doing stuff and it's been two days and I'm like, I really need to message them back. I really <laughs> wish it. I, I just need to post something on my Morph Market that's like, if you're interested in something, send me a screenshot on Instagram. I'll talk to you there because I have too many different messaging things and I get <laughs> my ADD brain can't handle it. I just, I forget that it exists. So I'm like, I post stuff on there and then I forget. So I'll be on Morph Market. I think it's Rob is creeping it real too. Uh, I try and keep everything close to that or creating it real Rob or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Rob is creeping a real check all those things. Aside from that, that's, that should be it. And then, like I was saying, we're going to try and get Rick Kremine on here. He's had a, an incredible year. I really want to talk to him about the stuff that he's been doing. Trace okay. Harden, bro. Uh, he did all of his pythons with maternal incubation this year. So I really want to talk to him about that. And yes. uh, yeah, we're going to have some cool stuff lined up. So make sure you tune in and please share this. If you uh, think somebody might enjoy this conversation, we had a good time. And- yeah. Peace guys. 